This way. One of the mooks led me to a back room with a wooden door and a fogged-over window, with lettering that read, Office. Before I went in, he looked at me with the universal look that said, You know what to do. So I obliged, put my hands against the wall, and he patted me down. I'd left a knife in my pocket, so he'd feel like he'd found something and would be satisfied. It worked. He smiled with a big dumb grin and opened the door to let me inside. He never even looked at my hands, and I tried to loosen my grip so it didn't seem like I was holding something. But it was too late for them anyway. I was in. The office was littered with newspapers and clippings pinned to the wall from about three feet up all the way to the ceiling. Murder in Cape Town leaves police baffled. Fifteen-year-old girl missing. Banker found in his own vault, throat cut. He was a collector of his own art, and he could care less who knew about it. The old wooden desk had a large stack of money sitting off to one side. The magician sat looking over his accounting books, which were piled on the floor. One thick one sat open on his desk. He pointed to a chair across from where he sat, without looking up. I sat down and looked at his accomplice who glared back at me. He was all of six feet seven and had a head of thick raven black hair. He wore a white dress shirt and a Glock and a Galco shoulder holster. He didn't seem overjoyed to see me, and I didn't send any love in his direction either. The two mooks who let me in left the room and shut the door behind them. So, you think you have something I want? The magician finally spoke, looking up at me with a set of dark brown eyes. He had thinning black hair and a splash of gray ran through it like spiderwebs. He was built like a linebacker with a fat neck and wide shoulders. I saw that he was not packing a weapon, but I knew that in or under his desk he would have a shotgun, unless he was completely stupid. I started to speak, but he jumped in. You better have what I want, because not just anyone can get a meeting with me. And you, my friend, are on borrowed time. He slurred his words and chewed on a dingy toothpick. His Italian accent made him hard to understand. We had forwarded him ten million to meet with us, hoping to make a business arrangement. He responded with a meeting time and place. We had him hooked, and all that remained was my part. I thought again about my sweet daughter Sam, and imagined this pig taking her. I remembered all the little girls he had kidnapped and killed. I did not need to think on it long. The reason I was here came to mind, giving me the strength to begin. Mr. Fontana, I am here to talk to you about your future. He started to butt in again, but I stood up as my instincts kicked in. I knew it would enrage him that I dared to stand without his permission, but I needed him mad. I needed him to be so mad that his judgment would be clouded. No, you listen to me. Your future is set in stone, magician. I spat his nickname out as if it were a poison, and his face turned red from the neck up. You are here tonight to pay for your sins, and I am here to speak for the families you have touched with your dirty hands. The bodyguard hit the floor with a thud before he even knew he'd been shot. The gun in my hand was just an extension of my arm. The magic of the magician was about to run out, and as he stood up, 
I pulled the trigger, sending a bullet into his chest. His body shook as he tried to catch his breath. I moved over his desk and pushed him backward. The chair he was sitting in splintered and broke apart under his weight. He grunted and gurgled as his lungs filled with blood. I landed like a tiger, crouched on his torso, and looked into his dark, empty eyes. He tried to push me off, but I shoved the barrel of my forty-five into his neck so hard that he froze and glared up at me with hate flashing through his eyes like lightning in a thunderstorm. Leaning down, I whispered in his ear just before I pulled the trigger, Sweet dreams.